0: are listening to the pleasant View baptist church preaching podcast we hope today's message will be a blessing to you and your family thank you for taking time to listen to our preaching podcast there's a difference between faith and foolishness if you're sitting here this morning and say well i know god will take care of me you're exactly right but he's also put some common sense in us that knows that hey if there's something wrong go get it checked all right and I'm preaching to, to myself right there a little bit because I don't like to go to the doctor. I'm scared of needles. Y'all should have seen me the other day. There was a little kid come to the uh, health department that was scared, scared. That was good English right there. That was afraid of a needle. And I sat down there with this kid and I about cried with him. I was tore up with him. I felt I was sweating with him. He was sweating. We swapped sweat. Um, his mama was tore up. I was tore. I was, I'm telling you, we had a hard time. It ended up taking Uncle Jesse. It took, um, there was four nurses and myself and his mama to hold him down to give him his shots. Um, and uh, he was a strong little kid. Um, I, I get it. There, there's a fear there, but go to the doctor. Be checked. All right? That was That's, that's the main message this morning. I'm just kidding. The main message of Jesus this morning. Um, but uh, breast cancer awareness is what this month is about. So that's why we done Pink the Pew Sunday uh, to, to raise awareness. This idea came back and when I was in high school. Uh, that's where the thought came from. we done a Pink the Park. Uh, we had a baseball game. It wasn't in October because baseball season wasn't in October during those days. Uh, but we done it in April. We called it Pink the Park, and we all wore uh, pink uh, uniforms and, and different things. And so uh, that's where the idea came from was Pink the, pink the Park. Um, but we have Pink the Pew to, to recognize uh, a breast cancer. But at the end of service today, uh, we're going uh, to ask everybody that's able and willing to come to the altar this evening, this afternoon. Over here in just a little bit, and we're going to pray uh, for everybody that's battling cancer. Um, I went down. I'm going to just, I'm going to just turn back right here. And let me just, let me look at something real quick on our prayer list. Real quick, right here, I can count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. If I'm counting right, seven people, just like that, right there, battling cancer from this little bitty church here on the side of the hill. Um, that's uh, that's battling cancer. So cancer is something that it's a real disease, a real thing, it's not fake, it's real. Um, uh, and, and we need to pray for people that's battling it. Um, there's people right now, as I said this morning about the nation of Israel, um, that there's probably soldiers in the fight of their life. There's probably somebody sitting in a hospital room this morning in the fight for their life um, with cancer. And so this morning, here in just a little while after I preach this morning, um, um, I, we're gonna have an altar of prayer and uh, we're going to just pray for the ones that are sick. Uh, we're going to pray for our nation. We're just going to have a time of prayer here in just a little bit. And so um, um, that's what this is all about this morning. Um, this, this wasn't, this is just something that I wanted to do. Um, uh, we picked this month. We could have picked any month that represents different cancers. Um, but this month just hits home to us. Uh, it's, it, it, my, my mom battled, uh, battled breast cancer. And so this morning, if you look down here, I've got my mama's Bible set out here. Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me, I answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And I encourage you, come around this evening. Don't don't let the kids mess it up with your all family. They ain't going to mess it up. But this is the notebook that my mama wrote. This was her scripture writing. You want to know why we put a scripture writing plan at the back of the church? Um, It's because this helps me. Um, This is my mama's handwriting that I get to read verses from. Uh, I get to read. There's a little bit of thoughts in the very front of it on Adam and Eve. And so come by and look at that if you want to. Please be careful with it. Um, uh it's, my pri- it's one of my prized possessions. Um, uh, uh, it is, and especially this Bible, it's very fragile. Just, just don't pick it up. Um, I want to have it rebound, but it'll change the look of it. I don't want to. Um, and Lindsay, make sure these are still here when I leave, all right? Don't take them with you, all right? Uh, but, uh, but anyway, we fought over that Bible right there, siblings. Uh, that Bible's mine. Uh, it ain't going nowhere. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's see what the Lord has for us this morning. Um, If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Exodus with me, Exodus chapter number uh, 14. We're going to read a very, very uh, famous story out of our Bible this morning that probably everybody in here has heard about, no matter how long you've been in church or how little you've been in church. And so um, you've probably heard this story sometime um, down the road. And uh, we're going to look at some things this morning, look at a thought out of here. Exodus chapter number 14. I'm probably going to turn to, uh, we're going to end up, I'll tell you the story here in a minute. I'll paraphrase a lot of this, but there's two verses I want to read. I'm sorry, three verses that I want to read um, and to bring us into where we're going to preach at this morning. Exodus chapter number 14, and when you find your place, please stand with me for the reading and reference of God's Word. Um, I believe in standing for the Word of God, and we're going to stand for it. Exodus chapter number 14. Verse number 7, the Bible says this, and he took 600 chariots... I'm sorry, let me get it right. He took six six, Let me get it right. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he uh, pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out on a high hand, but the Egyptian pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army overtook them encamping them by the sea uh, uh, beside, and here's the two places we're going to preach on this morning, and I'm going to try to pronounce them based off the way the Bible is, apt says, Piharoth uh, uh, before um, Bel-Sephron. Um, That's the two places that we're going to preach on this morning, and I'm going to bring a thought out of this passage of Scripture this morning on this. Uh, when you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. When you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Anybody ever heard that saying before about being stuck between a rock and a hard place? We're going to talk about that topic here in just a minute, uh, and, and but let's pray first. Lord, I thank you for what you do for us, God. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy and your peace, God. Lord, I pray, God, that you bless the service this morning. Lord, I pray, God, that you bless the reading of your word. and God, that you would illuminate our minds, God, and you'll help us preach like a dying man to a dying people, God. God, hide us behind the Orga cross, God. uh, and Give us what we need this morning. God, if there's one here lost uh, underneath the sound of my voice, God, I pray, God, this morning's the morning that they'll chunk their pride, hit an altar, and get saved before it's everlastingly too late, God. God, we need you this morning. God, show up in a mighty way, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd go to wherever there's one battling cancer this morning, God. And God, I pray, Lord, that you touch them and give them the strength they need. God, I pray, Lord, that you touch the family members of some that may have to make some hard decisions, God. And Lord, I pray, God, that you'd be with them, God, and meet their need, God. Be that very pleasant help, God, in their time that they need you in right now, God. God, we love you, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. And we'll be careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name, that name above every name, amen and amen. You can be seated the book of Exodus is, the, as we know, the second book of our Bible. Um, it is to be uh, uh, read after the book of Genesis, if you were to, to do that, if you were to study it like that. And um, it is part of the Pentateuch. It's the first five books of the Bible. This book was written by Moses himself, the great leader of Moses. and um, uh, Moses is probably one of the most profound Bible characters um, that we know of. Uh, even this world that, that doesn't know anything about the Bible can probably tell you about Moses. Um, um, if you do any study on any other religions, you'll find out that even in the Quran you'll find out that Moses is mentioned in the Quran or, or in, mu- in, in Muslim, they, they know Moses. they know who he is. Um, let's put it that way. they know of it. Um, I've not read the Quran so I don't know if he's actually in it I don't care nothing to read it brother Joe I don't care nothing about it um, but I, I think they know him from what I understand and what I read they know who Moses is and so this world even this lost and dying world knows who Moses is Moses was a great great leader um, and Moses or I'm talking about an exodus and Genesis can be read together um, in the book of, um, in the book of Genesis we see the theme as creation. In Exodus, the theme is redemption. In Genesis, it begins with God uh, and ends with man. Uh, In the book of Exodus, uh, we learn that Exodus begins with man and ends uh, with God. Um, um, Genesis, we see the birth of a Hebrew family. In Exodus, we see the birth of a Hebrew nation. Um, In uh, 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 Genesis, the priest is royal. In Exodus, the priest is ritual. Um, Genesis um, covenants are prominent in exodus commandments are prominent Ge- genesis the lamb is promised in exodus the lamb was provided can we get amen right there in genesis the em- emphasis is on the land in exodus the emphasis is on the law in genesis we have promises of god in exodus we have precepts of god and so you can read genesis and exodus and they'll help help you understand each other better um, when you study out your bible but um, the, the main person in these stories is more in the book of exodus is Moses. Moses' life. Um, you can you can break Moses' life down into three parts, um, into three 40-year segments. You have 40 years of him learning uh, to be somebody as Pharaoh's adopted grandson. You see 40 years of him being uh, a nobody in the wilderness. And then you see 40 years of learning how to live uh, in the will of God. And you see all that in the book of Exodus. Uh, when we come to our passage of Scripture this morning, we actually see Moses is in a transition period of his life. He is transitioning from the first 40 years uh, to the second 40 years where he's about to be sent out in the wilderness to be a nobody. Um, can I say this right here? Sometimes we got to realize we're a nobody before God will make us a somebody. Um, and that's in your leadership roles. That's in your. Uh, sometimes God's got to put you out in the pasture for a little while uh, to learn some things and to teach you some things. And Moses learned a lot during those days. But as we come to this scripture this morning, we know that the children of Israel was held captive by Pharaoh's army in Egypt. And uh, Moses, we know that the plagues fell on the nation of Egypt. And he goes in there and famously says, uh, let my people go. And we know that finally, after Pharaoh had had enough of the plagues, he finally lets uh, the people go. But as he lets them go, he sends his chariots after them. Um, This right here, you say, well, why didn't he just kill them? It was a political move, I believe. Uh, um, Pharaoh was trying to keep his people in Egypt. Um, I will say, I think it's funny um, that the children of Israel ran from Pharaoh's army into the promised land, but now in today's world, we see the children of Israel chasing their enemy back to Egypt. Um, If you've been watching the war at all, they're chasing the, uh, uh, the Hamas back to Egypt and he's sending them back to the world. I think it's pretty interesting. They may have been chased out of Egypt, um, but they'll run. They'll they'll run them back in there. Here in a minute, you just keep watching. Um, but anyway, um, that they come, that, that Pharaoh finally lets them go, and as they go out um, into the wilderness, they're followed by y'all you know the, the the cloud. They followed them, and they they was following the spirit of God. And as they they was right in the middle of God's will, as they was right in the middle where God wanted them. Boom! They run into the Red Sea, and I could imagine as they run into the Red Sea. Moses probably was going, Lord, I could imagine. you got to understand there's three million people following him. He's leading them out. I could imagine he's probably going, Lord, you didn't leave us here to die. Where are you going to lead me through? And can I say there's times in our life where we get led in moments where we think there's nowhere to turn. We think that there's, there's nowhere that we can look. There, there's times where it seems like, God, I'm trying to do Everything that you've asked me to do, I'm trying to be faithful to you. I'm trying to be faithful to your word. I'm trying to be faithful to the things of God. But God, you've led me to this place where in front of me is the Red Sea. And so I could imagine that as they get to the Red Sea, there is probably three million people behind him and there's probably three million different opinions behind him of what to do next. There is something that I've learned in pastoring, Miss Mina. There's something I've learned. Over just the past uh, um, however many months it's been, about 10 months, I guess, I've learned something. Everybody knows how to pastor a church. Everybody does. I've learned. If you ask somebody, they have a reason or an explanation, or they say, well, the preacher should have done this. The preacher should have done that. The preacher shouldn't have said that. The preacher shouldn't have done this. They shouldn't have done that at Bible school. They shouldn't have done this at Bible school. I'm glad that everybody knows how to pastor the church, except for the pastor. Um, the pastor don't know how to. So I'm sure as Moses is standing right here, there's a bunch of murmurings going on behind him about what he should do next. But, well, well, let's just go south. Well, let's just take a look at these two places this morning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a big foundation and put a tiny little house on it, okay? Y'all understand what I mean by that here in just a minute. That means I'm going I'm to give you a big introduction with a little message. But look right here. You say, what if he just went south, or what if he just went north? Well, if he went one direction, if he would have, I believe, if you went north, um, from the best of my knowledge, um, he would have ran into Pihara, um, which is a place uh, that's a real place. It's a legitimate place. Pahara looks like a mouth today, on a map. If you look up on a map, uh, um, I heard a preacher one time preach this right here. He said, "Open up your Bible to the maps. We're going to preach out of the maps this morning, this evening. But if you look back there in your Bible, you'll find a map. You could probably find where the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea. And you're going to look just right around where the re- where they crossed the Red Sea. And you're going to see a place called uh, Pihara. And when you look at that place and you start studying that place, there's some things you're going to find out about it. It looks like a mouth today." Um, Dr. Don Patton, uh, um, he, he comes up with this idea that's crazy, um, that the shoreline looked different from tens of thousands of years ago. Um, but there is still signs of, of the children of Israel there today. So I believe what it looks like today is what it looked like then. I believe God has perfectly preserved uh, um, the nation of Israel. I believe he has perfectly preserved the promised land. I believe that with all my heart. And so I believe what it looks like today is what it looked like then. Um, this place is a place that is, um, if you want to look at it like this, it's a place of solid rock. It's a place that they cannot cro- cross. If they would have tried to have crossed it during those days, uh, they would have been caught by the Pharaoh's army. Understand this right here. There's 3 million Jews. And if, I, if we were to do this right here, we're no long, we're, our congregation is nowhere near 3 million. But if we were to say, I'm going to say, hey, y'all follow me, we're going to go to the Autumn Leaves Festival and get us a collard green sandwich. On the way there, we're probably going to have some way behind. You're probably going to have some up front. Joe's going to be up front with me leading the pack. All right. So I mean, we're going to be running to those collard green sandwiches. There's some of y'all uh, like my sister slow. She's going to be way in the back back there. Uh, she ain't going to be able to keep up with it. All right. She can't keep up with. It. So what I'm trying to say is, is three million people to get across a rock area is going to be pretty tough. It's a it's a place of solid rock. It's a place where they would have had to climb. Um, um, uh, uh, it's, 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 it's four meters above uh, sea level. So they're going to have to travel a uh, uh, decently uphill to be able to get there. Uh, and, and what I'm trying to say here is they can't go that way. Uh, I'm sure there was some behind said, hey, let's just go this way. Hey, man of God. Hey, hey Moses. If we just go this way, uh, recalculating, we're just going to go this way. And and, you know, they probably all had an answer, but they can't go that way. But then they look in the other direction. And then we see um, Belsiphon. Belsiphon is located at Mount Tyron, which is 501 meters high. Mount Tyron is located on the the Tyron Island in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Belsiphon means literally Lord of the North. So if you look to the north of where the children of Israel are, uh, uh, across the Red Sea, you're going to notice a mountain. And in order for the children of Israel to get around that mountain, they're going to have to go through it. They couldn't go through it. They was going to be stuck there. So now, the only place they have just happens to be where the presence of God is. You know, the cloud that they was leaving. The presence of God is there. And so, they're literally at this moment stuck between a rock and a hard place. You got the Rocky Mountain or the Rocky area over here to the south, the north. You've got the mountainous territories of the north. They can't go around their problem. They can't go around their uh, 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 the, the one thing that's standing between them and freedom. They can't go around it. They've got to face their problem straight up. They have to go through it. They have to just trust God. They are stuck, literally stuck, between a rock and a hard place. I want to say this right here. I've never battled cancer. As far as I know, I don't have it. I could right now. As far as I, we all could. Who knows who's got it? Who knows? But as of, as of right now, my last doctor's visit, everything looks good. I'm good. My blood pressure's a little high. I need to work on it. But other than that, we're good. You'd be married to a redhead, you'd have high blood pressure too, okay? Um, y'all get that here in a little while about lunchtime. But anyway, I've never battled so I don't know what people go through. But I want to say this right here. I could only imagine getting that news. You're going to feel like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. I can remember back when we got the news that mom had cancer. I felt like Brother Grady, I was stuck between a rock and a hard place. I feel like no matter which way I went, it was not right. I feel like no matter which way I turned, it was wrong. And I could imagine as mama sat there trying to make those decisions, daddy trying to make those decisions, they were felt like they were stuck between a rock and a hard place. And church, there's going to come times in our life. I don't care if you're saved this morning. I don't care if you're lost this morning. There's going to come times in your life where you're going to feel like you're stuck. You're going to feel like there is no way to go. The enemy is going to be bearing down on you. You're going to feel like there, I can't go this way. I can't go that way. There's an immovable object in every which way that I go. So Lord, what do I do? What do I do? So I want to preach for just a little while what to do When you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. What to do when you're stuck between a rock and a hard place? And I'm here to tell you, this ain't deep this morning, okay? When the Lord was giving me this, I was like, Lord, I got to have something deeper. Lord, I want this big sign. Because God said this, it's simple. It's simple. You ready this morning? Number one this morning, what to do when you're stuck between a rock and a hard place? Y'all ready? I'm telling you, it's deep. You ready? Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Can I say this right here? I, I said this earlier. There's, there's a difference between faith and foolishness. There is a difference between faith and foolishness. There is. But I, I'll say this right here. As much as I trust the doctor to make the right decision and to do the right things and to help me, my faith is not all in them. Can, can I just say that? I, I, I trust that they make the right decisions, but my ultimate faith is in the Lord. Seek the Lord. It don't matter what you're doing in your life. It don't matter where you're at in your life this morning. Can I tell you what you need to do? Seek the Lord. Just seek Him. The Psalm 130 says this. This is a song of decrees. It says, Out of depth have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ear be attentive to the voice of my supplication. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul doeth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they which watch for the morning. I say more than they that which watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption, and he shall redeem Israel uh, from all his iniquity. I want to say this this morning. This psalmist right here was, at a moment in their life where they were stuck uh, between a rock and a hard place. A rock and a hard place. He says this, out of the depths have I cried unto thee. Can I say this? I know where he's coming from right there. I may not know exactly what he's experienced, but I know times in my life where um, I've I've cried out to him in in the very depths of my darkness, uh, when I felt like no one cared, when I felt like there was nobody around that wanted to hear anything that was going on with me. I cried out to the one that was a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, one that loves me when I'm so unlovable, uh, loves me enough that he cares about me, that he's not sitting on... I believe this church this morning. I believe on the right hand. Pretend the throne's here. I believe that we have this perception that God is sitting on a throne like this right here waiting for us to do wrong. Or He's sitting back with a with a whip crack ready to whoop us when we go wrong. No, can I tell you what I believe the Savior's doing this morning? I believe He's sitting on the right hand of the Father. He's right on the edge of the seat. Uh, he's got His hand cuffed behind His ear. Uh, he's waiting to hear your prayer. He's saying, Son, it's been a long time since I heard from you. Oh, daughter, it's been a long time uh, since you called out to me. Uh, just call unto me, uh, and I'll answer thee uh, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. That's what I believe God's doing this morning. He's not sitting up there waiting to see what you're doing wrong. He's not sitting up there ready to crack the whip on you. No, what He wants to do is He's got His handcuff behind His ear and He's listening for your prayer. He's listening for you to seek Him. So many times in this life, we want to turn our back on God, we want to get bitter at God. Can I say this right here? Every situation you ever go through, everything that you'll ever face in this life, it's going to do one of two things to you. It's either going to make you better or it's going to make you bitter. You can say, I've been church hurt. That's either going to make you better or bitter. I'm battling cancer. That's either going to make you better or bitter. I lost my mama. I lost my sister. I lost my aunt. I lost my uncle. I lost my grandpa. I lost this. I lost that person. It's either going to make you better or make you bitter. It's either going to make you better or make you bitter. Look right here. Look what this psalmist does when he's in the moment where he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. What does he do? There's a persistence in prayer. This entire psalm, understand this right here. The Psalms, we get so caught up in there's chapters of Psalms. No, there's divisions of Psalms. And what that means is that it's a Psalm, the first division of Psalm is a song that the children of Israel would sing when they were on their way to worship God. Uh, they were on their way to do something for the Lord. They had singing e- songs, and so this psalmist right here, in his song, in his praise, uh, he's praying to God. Uh, he's begging God, "Sit out of the depths have I cried? Uh, I'm looking for you, God. I'm seeking your will, God. I'm seeking what you have for my life." Can I tell you what we've done in our times of darkness? Is so many times instead of seeking God, we run from God. Instead of seeking Him, we run to. Um, a TV screen, we run to a a tablet, we run to a cell phone, we run to a liquor bottle, we run to the end of a needle, instead of running to the very one that died for our sins, uh, the very one who wants to help us, the very one who's there to love on us. That's who we need to seek this morning. church. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. There There was a seeking that was there. Look right here, the psalmist, he sought him in prayer. Look right here, look at his petition. There's another deep thought right here. You say, "Why is the Lord not answering my prayer?" Are you asking him? He says, "This you have not because you ask not." Are you even asking him? Uh, you say, "Well, you don't know what I'm going through." Have you asked him about it? Have you asked him to touch you with this situation? You say, "I'm just mad at this person for doing this, and I'm just mad at that person for doing this." When does a person have to do with anything? Uh, when. Uh, Last time I thought there wasn't nobody involved when I got saved but me and God. That's the only person that matters. I tell you what, I get mad at my wife. She gets mad at me a lot more times than I get mad at her. But that don't mean I kick her to the curb on the way home. I may want to, but I don't. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't kick her to the curb. I'd take her back to her mom and daddy. But they told me there was no return policy, Miss Mina. They, they told me there's no return policy. So they'll probably give her back to me. I'm just picking. But the problem is we get, we get our eyes on man so many times that we, we need to seek God. Seek him. Seek after his face. The psalmist here, he made his petition known. He had a presence in prayer. But look right here, I want you to to see something in in the 130th division of Psalms. I want you to see this right here. There's a pondering that goes placed in the psalmist. I want to say this right here. There's going to come times when you're stuck between a rock and a hard place that you're going to say this, God, why? God, why? And you say, I'm not supposed to say why. That's a bunch of hogwash. Find that in a Bible where it's okay not to say why. Jesus on the cross, he said, Eleia, I lama sabathnia. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? If it was wrong, if it's a sin to question God, then Jesus sinned on the cross. He didn't sin on the cross. It's okay to ask God why. Well, you're wrong when you get bitter at God. That's where the wrong comes in. But there's nothing wrong with going, why? Why, God? Why, God? I don't mean to keep talking about my mama, but I just, I, 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 it's, just, it's, just the, it's just what it is today. I can't help it. It is what it is. When, I, when mama died, I, I, the first thing I said was, why? Why? Actually, let me rephrase that before mama died. Before mama died, I was saying, why? Why? Why, God? Why, God? But every time, Brother Brian, why I, when I was asking why, I was asking in the wrong heart. I was asking because I demanded God to give me an answer. God, I deserve an answer of why you're taking my mama. I look back at myself and go, what was you thinking, homie? What was was going through your mind? God has no respect of person. He took my mama because it was his will, period. But I learned later on that, you know what? I need to know how to handle some things so that when I'm pastoring a church, I can go to somebody and say, I know I don't know how you're feeling because everybody losing their parents is different. But I've been there. I've lost a parent. I can help you now in a way that I couldn't have before. Why did my wife have to lose a baby? So that I could help somebody down the road that lost one. So I could help somebody lose one. It's because God had a plan for my life that's bigger than anybody in this room. God's got a plan for your life that's bigger than anybody in this room. It's between you and God. Don't worry about asking him why. Be careful you don't get bitter on. Don't get bitter on Make it make you better. Make you better. The situation that you're going through. Say, God, where can this make me better? Ask him. God, where in this can I get better at? Can I say this right here? We need to do that in every walk of our life, every day of our life, we need to seek God and ask him what we need to do better. You say, Well, I read 15 chapters in the morning, I read 15 chapters at lunch, and I leave 15 ch- chapters in the evening. See where you can be better. See where you can be better. I've said this before. If I want to cut my distance to that wall, if I want to get as close to that wall as I can, I cut my distance in half every day, Cole. If I cut it in half every day, eventually, I'm never going to touch the wall. If I cut the distance in half every day, I won't touch it. But they'll get to a point, Miss Mina, that it'll appear that I am touching the wall. Can I say this? When I, when I talk about God, I want to cut my distance between me and God down in half every day. As close as I was God yesterday, I want to be half that distance today. And eventually, Brother Jimmy, it'll get to the point to where I can't touch God, but it'll appear as if I'm with God. It'll appear as if I'm moving where He moves. It'll appear as if I'm being guided by His hand. And that's what we need in our life, and that's what we need to have. We need to seek the Lord. He wondered, the the pondering here, he said, Who shall stand? Who shall stand? shall stand. There's a pondering there. Who shall stand? And the and all to you know this right here. If you're battling cancer today, or if you know someone is battling cancer, or if you're battling any type of darkness, realize it's not your battle. It's the Lord's. What David say when he stood before Goliath, he said the battle is the Lord's. He didn't go before him and say, you come with me with a spear, but I come to you with a with a with a rock. Hannah a sling, and David. No, he didn't say that. He said the battle is the Lord's. We need to understand, Church, that it's not us fighting. It's not us fighting. It's God fighting. That's every walk of life. That's everything that we do of life. The reason I wake up in the morning is because of God. The reason I grab my Bible and read it in the morning is because of God. The reason I'm able to go to work tomorrow is because of God. The reason I have breath in my lungs this afternoon and hopefully be able to lay down and close my eyes and take a nap is because of God. I'll toast some worldly examples in there. The reason I'm able just to watch TV is because of God. The reason I was able to go with my little boy yesterday and watch him almost, Brian, almost score a touchdown. I mean, he all but did. He almost broke one. And the reason I'm able to do that is because of God. The reason I'm able to go on visitation is because of God. The reason I'm able to pastor this church is because of God. It's nothing in me, I promise you. As you can see, when I try to lead a congregation in a choir, I mess it up. Miss April doing a wonderful job up here, and I'm making her look like she she don't know what she's doing. I'm telling you, I mess it up every time. But can I say this right here? It's not because of me, it's because of God. The reason she's able to play that piano is not because of her. I've talked to her enough already, I know. She knows it's not her ability. It's the ability that God has placed inside of her. That's the reason she's able to do it. That's what we need to realize today. It's who shall stand, God? There's your deep thought for today. Who shall, God? Who shall do that, God? You want to answer the question, God? J- just just realize it's God this morning. Quit beating around the bush and trying to impress everybody with your fancy uh, post on Facebook. Just realize it's God. And let's move on with life. Realize the reason we're able to get up is because of God. reason we're able to do this, that, and the other is because of God. Look on the back of most of our cars that's in the parking lot this day. You're going to see two words. But God. Why are we here? But God. That's why. Now you need to study out that verse if you don't know what that means. I'm just going to let you study it. Look right here. i got to move on. i never going to get done. Seek the Lord. There's your deep point, number one. You're a deep point number two. Seek the Lord, number one. Number two, stay with the Lord. Stay with him. Don't leave him. Stay with him. How do I stay with him? You stay around the things of God. You stay around the people of God. You stay around the word of God. You watch what God will do. I've seen it with my own eyes too many times. You watch a family get in church, get right with God. You see them get in church. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about just show up on Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night. I'm talking about show up on visitation. I'm talking about be there when the preacher needs you to be there. I'm talking about say man in the service. Find your place in the choir. Uh, praying when the preacher asks you to pray, jumping up when he needs some ushers to come up here and take up an offering. I'm talking about being in your place. I've watched them and their lives completely change. And then all of a sudden, they'll miss a service. All of a sudden, they'll miss two services. And then before long, it becomes a habit that they're away from the things of God. I've seen in those moments where that's when the darkness falls on. And then they'll want to, I'm talking head over heels, head back to God. Post, I'm talking 15 posts a day before used to be about the football games or the the uh, or NASCAR, that's what I talk about. So y'all got, I'm not, that's what I like. Football games, NASCAR races, uh, baseball, Survivor, man, we love Survivor around the house. Making posts about that, talking about it. The next thing you know, there's darkness in their life and then their next 15 posts is a Bible verse, a Bible verse, a Bible verse, a song, a great song that helped them with. And, and, and boom, 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 boom. You see all these things. The next thing you know, they're out of church again and they're right back to doing all the things they used to do. Nothing that's really deep, dark sin. Nothing that there's anything really wrong with. But they're just not putting God first. When there's one thing that I noticed about my mama when she got sick, at her sickest, is when she drew closer to God. Let me read this to you. I wasn't going to. Let me read this to you. Peter couldn't remain focused on prayer for one hour. I find it difficult to remain focused to prayer for just a few minutes. This is my mom saying this. She says, my mind wanders to a thousand places. She said, I even fall asleep sometimes. I'm guilty of that. And I tell you what, I prayed before in my dark, in my secret place. Lay my face down. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. Sometimes I find myself, it, Peter done it, okay? We, we, we need to get over that we're all not perfect, okay? She says, I even fall asleep sometimes. I want my commitment to be a woman of prayer. For Christ's sake, I want His blessings on me and my family every day. That's that's words from my mama. Words from the grave this morning. If you want to say it like that? But she she stayed with the Lord. This right here. I, I, let me let me just go ahead and give you this right here because I forgot the date. July 8, thousand and nineteen, when she wrote that. She'd already battled cancer one time. She's already went through the darkness one time. But when she wrote that, she was fixing to go through the darkness again. She was fixing to begin July of 2019 was about when the symptoms started showing up. Again. It was about when the breathing started getting hard to breathe. It was getting hard to do these things. And she was starting to realize something was wrong. But what she say? I want to be a woman of prayer. I want to stay with the Lord. I don't care what you're going through this morning. I don't care what rock and hard place you feel like you're stuck between. Seek the Lord and then stay with Him. Seek the Lord and then stay with Him. Stay with Him. Stay around the things of him. You say, you don't know what I've been I don't care what you've been through. Stay around God. God cares, but he, he wants you to stay around him. Stay with him. Jeremiah 33 3 says this. Verse number one says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time. Thank God the word of the Lord comes around to us the second time. Thankful for that. While he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it, to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I'll answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. I'm going to say this right here. There's a reminder that the Lord gives us right here. He said, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto him the second time while he was yet uh, shut up in the court. The Lord saith the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it and established it. The Lord is his name. Can I tell you what he's trying to remind us of there this morning? That he's the creator of all. You want to know why why cancer even exists today? You want to know why it exists? You want to know why cancer is a thing today? It's because God allowed it tell you why cancer's real today? cause God. Can you tell you why COVID's real today? Because God allowed it. You say, well, it was made up in a, in a lab in Wuhan. Okay, I, 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 you, there's an argument. You, you're probably right about that. It only was created because God allowed it. Everything in this world is created because God allowed it. Let me tell you why we buried my mama back in May of last year. Because God allowed it. It's because it was what God wanted. Not what we wanted. It's what God wanted. Can I say this right here? The reason you're in your place, it's because God wanted you there. And he wants to remind you this this morning that he is still God. That the same God that created it all is the same God um, that can heal us from it. He's the same God that one day, can I say this right here? My mama didn't lose her battle uh, with cancer in May of 2021 or 2022. She did not lose her battle. She won the battle. When she left that hospital room, uh, you say, your mama left that, not all, her body was still there. Um, but when mama left that room, and y'all understand, that if you're saved this morning, you know what I mean by that. When mama left the room that morning, uh, the cancer stayed behind her. Uh, the sickness stayed behind her. The scars stayed behind her this morning. And she went on to be with the father, healed of cancer. I want to say this morning, I don't care what you're going through. He is still God. I know that ain't deep and I know that ain't there ain't a whole lot to that this morning but He's still God. The same God that cured uh, um, the cancer the first time is the same God that is still living today. It's the same God that took her. It's the same God that I'm worshiping this morning. The same God that took your loved one. The same God that allowed your loved one to have cancer. is the same God that I love this morning. It's the same God that one day uh, I'm going to go I'm gonna bust through the gates of heaven. Uh, I'm going to go right up to His feet. and began to kiss the scars that are right on his feet. It's the same God. He's the same God that said, let there be light. He's the same God that was leading the children of Israel that day. He's the same God that, he's, that stood with David in front of Goliath. Uh, it's the same God that King Hezekiah prayed to uh, uh, when the, the King Sennacherib uh, was coming over the horizon and 180,000 Syrians uh, were bearing down on the nation of Israel. The same God that he prayed to is the same God that I prayed to this morning. And he's the same God that is waiting uh, to hear from you this morning. It's the same God. There, He's trying to remind us this right here. But look at the Lord's request. Can I say in Jeremiah 33, 3, there's a request from the Lord. The very Lord, He don't ask much of us. You read your Bible this morning. You read your Bible through and through. I'm talking read it cover to cover. Read every word of it. You're not going to find many times where God asks us to do anything besides believe. Outside of believe, He don't ask us to do many things. He asks us to believe. He asks us to go ye all the world, preach the gospel. But then there's one more thing right here in Jeremiah that he asks us to do. Call unto me. He says, call unto me. He's asking you (laughs) this morning to call unto me. He didn't say, hey preacher that's prayed uh, for three days straight, call unto me. He didn't say, hey dear saint of God that was up all night last night praying for the service this morning, call unto me. He said, no, call unto me. There is no, this message is to everyone. If you have breath in your lungs this morning, God is asking you to call on him. There's a request there. And if you'll respond to his request, there'll be a response like you've never seen. He said, I'll show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not, which thou knowest not. Just call unto him. Look right here, we need to seek the Lord. We need to stay with the Lord. And lastly, this is something, and a real reason I brought this book today it's the real reason I wanted this book to set out here for all to see. This right here. Study the Lord. Seek the Lord. Stay with the Lord. Study the Lord. Bible says this in, in 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved. A workman who needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Now I tell you what you need to do? You need to st- seek the Lord, stay with the Lord, but study the Lord. And i tell you what, your answers to all your problems, he gave a 66 book tracker. Every problem you're ever going to face, 60. I want to ask you this. Besides a Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night, when's the last time, time you opened up your Bible? When's the last time that you said, Lord, don't let my unholy hands touch your holy word. Forgive me of my sins. God, take your word and speak to me. When's the last time you prayed that prayer and asked God? take the Word of God, speak to your heart, and teach you something. When's the last time? When's the last time you've done that? It's easy to grab it on Sunday morning as you're headed out to church. It's easy to grab it on Wednesday night when it's church night. But when's the last time, instead of going home and watching the ball game and I'm preaching to myself, last time going home and watching the ball game, you go home and open up a Bible? Open up a Bible. I'm guilty of this. Wednesday night is Survivor Night. Everybody knows that around the, around the house and around the family. It's Survivor Night. Can I tell you this? If it wasn't for recording, we'd never get to watch it. But we find ourselves right here. Colt loves it. It's one of his favorite shows. He's watched old episodes. If it wasn't for recording, Colt, we wouldn't get to watch it. I'm not saying that to lift my family up because we're nobodies. We're just trying to be somebody's. We need to stay with the Lord. We need to seek the Lord. And we need to study the Lord. Now, now to my message as we come and get a verse of some song. I told you I was going to put a big foundation and put a little bitty house on it. Little bit. Why do we need to do all this? And she's gonna come play for us and just say, "I got. I'm just gonna give them to. You. I'm not even going. To, I'm not gonna preach them. I'm just gonna give them to you." When you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, if you'll seek God, stay with God, and study God, there's some things that you'll realize. You'll realize how strong you really are. And I say this right here. I found out how strong my mama really was. Not when she was healthy. Mm-mm. wasn't when she was healthy when I found out how strong she really was. It wasn't, I'll say this right here, it wasn't when there was even breath in her lungs. It was when I grabbed these books and I began to read through them. And I began to read how godly of a woman she really was. And most of them was written after she got cancer the first time. Most of them she wrote in. And I'm talking, how many of these did we find? Bunches. And I'm talking every page. And you can look at it after church. Every page is filled up from top to bottom. You won't hardly find any white space in there. It's because she done this right here. She realized how strong she was when she was the sickest. When she was the sickest. She realized, not in her own strength. No, no, don't get it wrong. In her own strength, she realized how weak she was. But in her own strength, she realized how strong God really was. And in your darkest hours, when you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, you'll find out how strong God really was. And then you'll see how steady he really is. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. I don't care how you read that verse. Forward, backer, it means the same thing. Thee leave nor thee forsake, never will I. Read it forward, backer. It says the same thing. He'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. There's not been a time in my life that he ever forsake There's not been a time in my life. You'll find out. You may not find out on the mountaintop. On the mountaintop, everything's going good. When everything's going right, there's no sicknesses. There's no diseases. Everything's going good then, but when you're at your weakest or you're at your sickest, you'll find out how steady He really is. Here's another one, another S for you. You'll find out how stunning He is. So many times I said before, we look like He's on a, on a on the throne, on the side of the throne. He's ready to crack a whip at everything we do wrong. He we we, we go to God so many times, and I'm guilty of this, Lord, Lord. I'm just the lowest of the lows, God. I'm just a bum. <laughs> God, I don't even know why you love me. I, we're doing him a discredit by doing that. I tell you what you need to do when you hit an altar today. God, forgive me of my sin. Boom. Forgiven. God, here's my prayer. Look how Jesus prayed. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our, 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 our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us to the evil, for thine of the kingdom forever and ever. I didn't even quote it right, but y'all know this, y'all know the the, the the quoted prayer there. He said, He didn't say when you pray, pray this prayer. He didn't say that. He said, in the manner in which I pray, pray like this. Look how quick his prayer is. He got to his point. He thanked God for what he'd done. He made his request known, and he just sat back and waited to see how stunning God can be. Go to God, ask for forgiveness, get to the point, and then realize how stunning God can be. And then you'll see that he's satisfying. I'll right. there's a lot of things that you think will satisfy you in this world, but there's nothing going to satisfy you in this world like Jesus did. There's nothing going to satisfy you. You say, well, when I am live in the moment, everything's going to satisfy you more. When Everything will. But when you get along with God and you get a real dose of the Holy Ghost, you're going to realize how satisfying he is. And then lastly, and I'm done, I I preach way longer than I normally do. Morgan was joking on me this week about preaching, not preaching past a quarter after. I'll be done before a quarter after, I promise. It's only 10 after. It's only 10 minutes after 11 in Alabama, so we're doing really good now. But the last thing right here, and I'm done, you'll find out how safe you really are. You'll find out how safe you really are. Can I say this right here? God may not heal you on this side of eternity. You may not realize how safe you are on this side of eternity. But on the other side of eternity, you'll realize how safe you are. You'll realize tens of thousands of years from now, Brother Grady, when we see each other in glory, we'll realize how safe we are. We'll realize how safe we are. She's going to begin playing a verse of some song for us. I want to ask you this morning, first of all, are you saved? You say, you didn't preach a salvation message. I probably preach more of a salvation message than you'll ever realize. I want to ask you this morning, are you saved? If you're not saved, there's a place here called an altar that you can call on God. And he'll show you great and mighty things, which you know not. You think you've seen it all in this world. Wait till you get a hold of Jesus. But I want to ask you this. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you're battling. Maybe you've got no news this week that you've not shared with anybody. And you're battling something. Can I tell you what? Your answer comes at an office Why don't you come this morning, will you?